0: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Thanks for spending some time with us here. As uh, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of baseball, Uh, of course, on the weekend, uh, a huge upset in the Kentucky Derby. I'm not going to talk a lot about that because what I know about horse racing, you could fit on the head of a pin, but it's just cool when an 80-to-1 shot uh, wins the kentucky derby that's very very cool uh a two dollar bet paid 160 bucks uh they showed a couple of guys this morning on today's show had put like 50 dollars down and won like six grand good for them you know i mean it's just uh you can't beat that that's just a lot of fun i'm not a gambler but that's one of those things where you know you go to the track and you want to put down a little bet and you say, what the hell what do you got to lose right 80 to 1 so very cool a uh, beautiful day here in the uh, southeast, uh, down in southwest North Carolina. It's supposed to be up around 80 degrees. Uh, no show tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm heading to uh, Atlanta tomorrow. Uh, Red Sox are going to be in town to play the Atlanta Braves in Truist Park. I will be there. My first trip ever to Truist Park. I am looking forward uh, to that. It'll be uh, uh, one of the ballparks I have not been to, so I'm looking forward to going to that. Um although I'm not necessarily looking forward to the game itself. I Look, um, the Red Sox have been – I don't want to say – look, I mean, look, the Red Sox are in last place, so you can't sugarcoat last place. But you look at it, and this team is, what, 10 and 19. And yet, since April the 23rd, the Red Sox starting pitching has an ERA of 1.66. All right, so what, for the last uh, 16 days, 1.66 ERA out of your starters, and the team in that time is 3-12. and 12. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is almost impossible to do. Think about that. Your starting pitching is giving up about a run and a half a game, and yet you are three and twelve. You gotta work hard to be that unlucky. Uh, you know, and it, it shows you that the bullpen uh, construction was not good. But it also shows you that this team offensively has been a train wreck to start the season outside of Raphael Devers. Xander Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez, this offense has been putrid. You look at the the batting averages in that lineup from yesterday's game. When they lose again, they get swept by the Chicago White Sox. Kike Hernandez is hitting 176. Trevor Story is hitting 194 and striking out more than uh, he ever has in his career. Uh, Christian Vasquez, 217, Alex Verdugo, 212, Bobby Dahlbeck, 139, Jackie Bradley Jr., 202, Christian Arroyo, 213. You can't win like that. I don't care who you are. You could have Sandy Koufax, Walter Johnson, Roger Clemens in his prime. You pick whoever you want to throw, Walter, you know, Walter, uh, uh, Warren Spawn, but throw anybody out there you want. And you hit that poorly, you can't beat anybody. I mean, it's just, look, the Red Sox have lost five in a row, seven of eight, and 14 of the last 18. And of those 14 losses, six of them have been by one run, and they have had numerous opportunities in these games to win. They can't get a hit with a runner in scoring position to save their lives. It's only the fifth time since 1945 that the Red Sox have been held to two or Uh, fewer runs in four consecutive games at Fenway. Four games at Fenway Park, the last four games, they've scored five runs. I mean, they they can't win at home. They can't win on the road. It's just awful. You know, and then you look at, you know, Xander Bogarts was hitting three forty three, and the Red Sox were were screwing around whether they're going to pay him or not. Why are, we, why are we even debating this? And look, Trevor Story, I'm not willing to say that Trevor Story was a horrible signing because he's not. Defensively, he has been a huge upgrade in that infield for the Red Sox. Playing a position that he's not accustomed to, moving from short to second base, and he has been huge. Huge. And he has made Xander Bogarts a better defender this year simply because Xander has less room to cover. But you can't continue to strike out at the rate that Trevor Story is. And he is here in the booze at Fenway Park, and he should. Jesus, he had a game against Shohei Otani in that game against the Angels. He struck out four times. He got up four times yesterday and struck out three times he has 93 at bats and in those 93 at bats, he has struck out 35 times. You know, approaching about 40% of the time he has struck out, you know, and look again, he struck out 139 times last year in Colorado in 526 at-bats. This is a guy that can strike out, you know, 150 times to 175 times a year, no problem. Hell, he almost struck out 200 times back in 2017. But every year that he's played a full season, he strikes out at least 150 times. So, you know, that's not a surprise. What's a surprise is the rate at which he is striking out right now. It is just Brutal. And, and to top it off, he doesn't have a home run. You know, and you look at his career since he was a rookie in 2016, and you look at his numbers, and he has been anywhere between, with the exception of the pandemic year, he has been between 24 and 35 home runs every year. And now we're, you know, almost 100, 100 at-bats into the season. He doesn't have one. So I'm not going to kill him and say it's the worst, but, you know, the problem, it's magnified when everybody on this team is struggling at once. Kike Hernandez, the guy who was, you know, uh, everybody was screaming, oh, he shouldn't be leading off last year, shouldn't be leading off, and turned out to be a decent leadoff hitter, and then what he did in the playoffs last year was otherworldly. He's hitting 176. Did he all of a sudden start to stink overnight? You know, and you can I guess you can blame the short preseason if you want to. I guess, but it's everybody. And look, Bobby Dalbec was one of the Red Sox best hitters down the last third of the season last year. One thirty-nine. What are they going to do? You know, is it do they push the panic button? Look, I, I thought they had. I thought they did the right thing when they brought up um, Jaron Duran the other day, just just for something, just for some kind of spark. And he gave it to him. You know, he only had one hit, but it was a triple. And you saw, you know, what he can do with his speed. And I said, well, you know, he belongs there. He was there for one day. One day. You know, and and I suggested, well, send down one of those freaking relievers you got. You got 14 of them. Send one of them down so you can keep Duran on the roster. The problem is, is Alex Cora wears a base path out from the dugout to the mound. Hell, if he could have 16 pitchers on the staff, he probably would. But at some point. The Red Sox have to do something, and I know you know. Uh, Heim Bloom said you don't you don't uh, make radical changes the first month of the season because you know it's just you can't have that knee jerk reaction. I get it, but how long do you wait? You're ten and nineteen. You are ten games back of the New York Yankees, and and that aside, you're a game and a half back of the putrid. Baltimore Orioles. But more to the point, you are six and a half back of the Toronto Blue Jays who sit in third place. And third place in the American League East is going to make the playoffs. With the expanded playoffs, that is going to make, you know, the the, the AL East is so good that third place in the AL East makes the playoffs. So that is, if you're a Red Sox fan, that's what you have to look at. Don't, Don't worry about first, you know, first place. Don't worry about the fact you're 10 games behind the Yankees. You're not catching the Yankees. I mean, look, you can. I mean, obviously, there's plenty of time. But don't worry about that. You have to look right now. If you're a Red Sox fan, you have to say, we, we got to finish third. Oh, my God, we got to finish third. <laughs> but that's what you're looking at. But you're six and a half back. So at some point here in the next couple of weeks, there's got to be a change made. And, you know, look, right now, the, the, the Red Sox pitching staff is a disaster. Michael Walker now on the injured list. Plays catch on Saturday, doesn't feel so good. Got some pain in his side, and so they put him on the 15-day injured list. And now Tanner Houck, uh, who was uh, in relief the other day, has to start. He gives up three runs in two and two-thirds innings. And by the way, he's this is a guy that's regressed. You know, this is a guy they handed the starting job to out of, uh, out of spring training. His control is worse than it was last year. And then he doesn't get vaccinated, so he can't go to Toronto. And he buries himself, you know, out of the rotation because Garrett Whitlock gets in there and his light's out. But now, you know, it's so bad that the Red Sox had to go out and sign Carlos Martinez. Now, Carlos Martinez can't even pitch right now. He's still uh, rehabbing a thumb injury that ended his season last year early. And this is a Carlos Martinez – Uh, who in his last 21 starts since the beginning of the 2020 season has an ERA of 6.95. That's how bad things are, folks. They're trying to find a guy off the scrap heap. Carlos Martinez was a very good relief pitcher for the Cardinals for a little while. He was, you know, he he worked at the front of the Cardinals' rotation. Actually, made the All Star team in twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen. But it is so bad that the Red Sox are digging down to try to find somebody because now they announced that that, that Chris Sale has had a setback. They said now nah, this is this is the bizarre thing. It's a non it's a personal medical issue. It has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with the rib injury. It's a personal medical issue. Which is going to push him back two or three weeks. And if I were a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not, but if I were, I'd say this was done, this was some kind of smokescreen to delay his return until July when the Red Sox finish their next or their last road trip to Toronto at the end of June. Because if he doesn't come off the injured list until then, They don't have to worry about the fact he's not vaccinated and won't go to Toronto, and they don't have to answer a lot of questions. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I would never say that. But then they announced that James Paxton, who was supposed to be back sometime, they hope, by the end of June, has had some swelling in his uh, elbow that was surgically repaired, and so now he has been pushed back a little bit. So now all of a sudden, the help that you thought was coming in June is probably not coming until July and maybe late July. So in the meantime, it's it's Nathan Evaldi, Garrett Whitlock, and you pray for rain the other three days. It's like the old uh, uh, Indians spawn insane and pray for rain because you can't count on anybody else. Rich Hill is is uh, is on the COVID list now. He, look, he's been good, and 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 I say all this stuff. Knowing that the Red Sox have had a 1.66 ERA since the 23rd of April, but and I'm and I'm sorry, folks, and I know they put Walker on the injured list, but every time I watch Michael Walker and Rich Hill pitch, I do it like holding my breath, just waiting for them to get shelled. I know it's terrible, and I don't want them to get shelled, but it's just one of those things. It's 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 hard to watch. <laughs> All the Red Sox games are hard to watch. You know, you do it right now just expecting the worst to happen. And, unfortunately, the worst has been happening. So, you don't want to push the panic button yet, but, geez, we're close. We're close. By the way, the uh, announced crowd yesterday at uh, the game, 1130 in the morning game on a Sunday, which, by the way, is the dumbest thing ever. Good Lord. Thank you. And this is because uh, Peacock's got games now, and they're going to have them on at 11.30 in the morning on Sundays. Bagels and baseball and Major League Baseball. You know, look, it's one thing for high school and college, but I do not want to watch a Major League Baseball game at 11.30 in the morning. I got stuff to get done, you know, in the morning on Sundays. Uh, So I wasn't too happy about that. But having said that, um, it's just, you know, Thank God for J.D Martinez, who's you know after coming off the uh, uh, the injury that he had has has got an 11 game hitting streak now and over those 11 games, he's tearing the cover off the ball. And on a, by the way, if uh, yesterday in the ninth inning, he had a bomb. and if it's July or August, that ball leaves the ballpark. but because it was cold and it was windy, it ended up banging off the wall. But on a warmer day, that ball's out of Fenway. It's a tie game then. You know, the Red Sox have had a number of those this year. And, you know, people want to say it's the baseball, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I don't know whether it is or it isn't, but, you know, the Red Sox have had a lot of close calls. Trevor Story's had two or three balls that he's crushed that have ended up in as sacrifice flies. And now the Red Sox have a day off today. And they head to Atlanta. As I said, I'm going to be at that game on Tuesday night. And this is an Atlanta team that is suddenly playing better. They've won their last two in a row. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers yesterday 9-2. Charlie Morton picked up his first win of the season. And the Red Sox are going to throw out Garrett Whitlock in that game. He'll start. He's 1-1 one one with a 1-2-5 ERA. He has been dynamite as a starter. The problem has been getting him deeper into the games. He managed to go 5 his last time out. But he's going to go against Kyle Wright, who's 3-1 and one with a one seven four ERA. So I'm set up for a game I'm going to see on Tuesday where the Red Sox aren't going to score any runs again. Unless all of a sudden the bats wake up after an off day or Kyle Wright has, a, uh, has an off day. One seven four against one two five. This could be one nothing, and in two hours and twenty five minutes, could be a very short trip to Truist Park for me. And you know, as long as the Red Sox are on the one nothing side of that, I'm okay. But uh, you know, look, Atlanta is now in second place in the NL East. They're still under five hundred. They're fourteen and sixteen, but they are playing much better than the Boston Red Sox right now, and it's not close. So I'm hoping for better for better than I uh, than I have seen on television lately. Uh, the Yankees split a doubleheader yesterday uh, with the Texas Rangers. Some bad weather up in the Northeast, so the Yankees uh, uh, were rained out a couple of times. So uh, the Yankees took the opener yesterday 2-1. to Glaber Torres with a uh, walk-off homer leading off the ninth inning. And uh, after the game, Chris Woodward, the uh, manager for the Texas Rangers, was bitching about the fact that it was a uh, a Little League home run, a pop fly home run in uh, the ridiculous dimensions of Yankee Stadium. Now, I agree with Chris Woodward that the dimensions in Yankee Stadium are an absolute joke. That right field is just an absolute joke. However, if you look at the stats of that ball, how far it was hit, it was out of twenty-six of thirty ballparks in Major League Baseball. So uh, while there have been a lot of cheapies at Yankee Stadium, the one by Gleyber Torres uh, <laughs> to uh, win the second game yesterday was not. That thing was a bomb. Uh, and then the Yankee, uh, the Rangers uh, beat the Yankees four to two in the other game. And the Rangers are playing pretty good baseball all things considered. They got off to a bad start, but they're playing 500 ball in their last 10. While the Red Sox are 2 and 8 in their last 10, Rangers are 5 and 5 in their last 10. They're under 500, but you know, and the reason I bring that up is the Red Sox after going to Atlanta are playing in Texas. John Gray is going to take on Nestor Cortez Monday afternoon or this afternoon in the finale of that Yankee series. Uh, John Gray, who, has, who came over to Texas from Colorado, has been awful. He's got an ERA of 7.5. Uh, but look, this is a big road trip for the Red Sox. If the Red Sox come back from this road trip 1-4, and, oh, and 5 even, forget it. You might as well sell everybody. And if you're the Red Sox and you've decided that uh, you're not keeping Xander Bogarts, trade him now. Seriously, if you come back and you're 11-23 or 11-24, whatever the hell you'd be when you come back, just, just dump everybody. But this is a big trip. You need to get on in Atlanta. You need to split those games in Atlanta. You need to go to Texas. You need to win that road trip in Texas. If you are the Red Sox, the time is now. You do not have any time to waste. You may not have to push the panic button per se, but there has to be some progress. There has to be. And maybe the best thing that the Red Sox can do right now, and Alex Cora alluded to this yesterday, is Alex Cora is talking about shaving his beard off. First of all, I hate the beard. Alex, The, the beard on Alex Cora makes him look like he's 60 years old, and he's not close to that. So, uh, I'm all for him shaving it off, and of course, we all know you know a lot of superstitions in baseball. And uh, there's been a lot of people calling for him to shave the beard. That ever since he grew that beard, things have gone south for the Red Sox. So, so Alex has mentioned that uh, he may actually shave the beard off. I hope he does. Hell, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. It's 27 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 29 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Monday morning. Hey, before we get back, I just want to take a second to, uh, uh, to congratulate one of the listeners of our show, former college uh, a classmate of mine, Dave Massey. Uh, his son graduated from Johnson & Wales University uh, in uh, Providence this past weekend, so congratulations, Dave. Uh, uh, finally getting the last one out of college. I'll tell you what, I want to go to Dave's house sometime. Uh, because he's got a son who graduated from Johnson and Wales, which is a great culinary school. And his other son uh, is uh, an incredible composer and musician. Uh, His uh, his uh, uh, older son has uh, incredible talent. I've listened to some of his stuff on YouTube. Dave has posted some stuff. But I want to go to his house because uh, I don't know what his son uh, graduated. I don't know if he got a culinary degree from Johnson & Wales or not. But, man, I'll tell you what, you go over there, have some some great dinner, and listen to some great music. Uh, But congratulations, Dave. uh, uh, And uh, you got him through it. You got him through it. Um, All right. uh, Oh, but the other thing, I I was looking at the weather. I just looked at the weather forecast on our break. And uh, the good news is uh, for my trip to Atlanta tomorrow, 82 degrees. So it's going to be a beautiful day and sunny. Uh, it's supposed to be in the upper 70s and low 80s here all week. So uh, uh, really looking forward uh, to the trip down there. And that means by game time at 7.15, shouldn't be too hot. it would be later in the day, so hopefully temperatures will be in the uh, 70s and should be a beautiful day uh, at the ballpark. Um, you know, the only thing that's kind of saving the Red Sox a little bit is that the, uh, the Rays and the Jays have stumbled a little bit of late now, the Rays have had, had been playing pretty well, but they lose yesterday um, a game-tying home run by Abraham Toro in the ninth inning and then tie France with an RBI single in the tenth. And the uh, Mariners beat the Blue Jays yesterday 2-1, uh, to one. snaps a six-game losing streak for the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners were a bit of a surprise last year, and uh, people expected them to repeat that this year. Uh, but Seattle has lost eight of the last 10. Fortunately, they win yesterday, but they're three games under 500 now, uh, five and a half, half games behind the uh, top uh, of the uh, AOS. That's the Los Angeles Angels at the moment. Uh, but that's about a bit of a break for the Red Sox that uh, Tampa uh, tumbled a little bit the last couple of days. Um, and then the Toronto Blue Jays lose again, um, four to three. The Cleveland Guardians, everybody kind of expected them to perhaps be at the bottom of the AL Central this year because the AL Central uh, doesn't have a lot of talent outside of the White Sox and the Minnesota Twins. The Cleveland Indians uh, traded off a lot of people, and uh, folks didn't expect much. But guess what? The Cleveland Guardians have won 7 of 10. And any team that is being managed um, by Terry Francona, you can never count them out. I think Terry Francona is one of the best managers in baseball. It's been unfortunate the last couple of years. He's had so many health problems. He hasn't been able to be on the field as much uh, or in the dugout as much as he normally would be. Uh, but they do a great job yesterday. Um, Fran Reyes scores the uh, tie-breaking run. Uh, Oscar Mercado with a single in the eighth inning. And uh, they beat the Toronto Blue Jays 4-3. Uh, to three. And one of the big surprises uh, for the Guardians, one of the reasons they've had so much success uh we've talked about that kid Quan who's come out of nowhere hitting the hell out of the ball and then Owen Miller Owen Miller who has kind of had forced his way into the lineup He's hitting 352 352 you know you couldn't pick that guy out of a lineup right you got Quan hitting 316 and then Owen Miller hitting 352 but uh, So he has become the everyday second baseman simply because you do not want to take that bat out of the line. Hell, the Red Sox would give <laughs> would give their souls to have a second baseman uh, hitting that instead of what Trevor Story is doing for them. Uh, but uh, anyway, so a good, uh, a good job there by the Guardians keeping uh, Toronto down a little bit. And now the Red Sox, uh, you know, look, it's way early to be looking at the scoreboard. I get all that. But Toronto's got a three-game series at Yankee Stadium starting on Tuesday night. And, you know, it's kind of against my religion to, uh, to root for the Yankees for anything. But, look, they could do the Red Sox a favor. Because, as I said, if you are a Red Sox fan, you need to be looking at third place, not first. Just say, hey, the extended, the extended playoffs are going to be our salvation this year. And then get yourself into the playoffs and you get Chris Sale back and you get Jays Paxton back. And then maybe, maybe uh, you can make something happen. But, so they're going to have to – I'm not going to root for the Yankees, but let's just say I wouldn't be sad if the Yankees swept that series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, over in the National League, the Mets keep rolling. Uh, they split a doubleheader with the Phillies. Uh, Phillies needed uh, something good to happen. The Phillies have just uh, taken on water. But the Mets now 20-10. and 10. Uh, They lost the first game of the doubleheader. I actually thought they'd sweep this doubleheader. They had Max Scherzer going in the opener. But Bryce Harper with a home run in that one. And uh, the Phillies win the opening game. And uh, they snap a four-game losing streak by beating Max Scherzer 3-2. Folks, it is the first loss for Max Scherzer since last May 30th. 24 straight starts without a defeat. Now, And, and what's, what, what's even more remarkable when you think about this That it's 343 days since he last lost. And he did that with three different teams. He did it. We started the season with the Nationals last year, right? Then he gets uh, traded over to the Dodgers. And now he's with the Mets. 343 days without a loss. And you tell you what, he did not pitch badly yesterday. He did give up 10 hits over six innings, but he struck out seven, didn't walk anybody. And really, it was just Bryce Harper's home run was the difference in this one. And it's not like... uh, uh, there's any shame in giving up a home run to the reigning National League MVP. Harper went two for four in that game, uh, drove in two of the three runs. The other one was uh, driven in by uh, the shortstop, Stott. But uh, then in the nightcap, the, Mount, the Mets bounced back. Uh, Pete Alonzo with a pair of home runs. And uh, they beat the uh, Phillies in the second game 6-1. to one. Pete Alonzo, folks... You know, I don't remember exactly what the stat was, but it was something about the number of multi-home run games at at some point in his career. And I can't remember what the number was. I apologize. Uh, but what was significant about it was the only other player that had done who had equaled or bettered what Pete Alonso has done this early in his career was, was Willie Mays. Who, by the way, just had his ninety-first birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Willie! I forgot to mention that the other day. But Pete Alonso, with those two home runs, now seven runs batted in on the season. He's already driven in twenty-six, and uh, the Mets at twenty and ten. Look, the Mets better be twenty and ten, right? If you're if you're Steve Cohen, who spent their 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 payroll, folks, three hundred and six million dollars. This is back. This is like back to the days of George Steinbrenner when he was the owner of the New York Yankees and he went out and he spent whatever he had to spend to try to win a championship. If they don't win this championship uh, after spending $306 million, there's going to be some heads rolling from the general manager on down. <laughs> Uh, the San Francisco Giants win yesterday. They beat the St. Louis Cardinals four to three, and I just I, I wanted to bring that one that one up simply because it was a Yastrzemski that won the game. Mike Yastrzemski uh, with a home run, a game tying home run, as well as a sacrifice fly in this game, uh, and uh, the Giants win again. Uh, for Yaz, it was just his second home run of the season, but he just came off a stint uh, where he missed seven games because of uh, having COVID. But the sack fly in the second and then a uh, home run on a 2-0 pitch um, that cleared the fence, and they end up beating the St. Louis Cardinals 4-3. to uh, Nice moment in this game. Uh, the PA announcer announced that it was likely going to be the last game that they would ever see uh, Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. They're both expected to retire at the end of this season. Uh, Pujols, uh, who started as a designated hitter, uh, tipped his cap. yadi Molina was in the dugout at the time because he did not play in the game. Uh, he came out and tipped his cap to the fans as well as they got a nice ovation. Uh, and Adam Wainwright expected to retire at the end of this year too. I mean, the Cardinals are going to... Uh, Pujols not so much because they just brought him back kind of as a uh, on, on a farewell tour. Bring him back uh, for the St. Louis fans. But I'll tell you what, you think about that. yadi Molina has been a fixture in that St. Louis lineup for so long. And Adam Wainwright... Uh, even at the age of, what, is he 39 now, 40 years old? Still continuing to pitch his ass off. That, they, this Cardinal team is going to be missing a couple of very, very big pieces next year. Uh, other games around Major League Baseball yesterday, the Padres win. They beat the Marlins uh, 3-2. to uh, Jorge Alfaro with his second home run of the season. That came in the ninth inning with two on. The Padres trailing the game 2-0, and Jorge Alfaro beats his former team, and the Padres improved to 19-10. and 10. Joe Musgrove, another solid start uh, for San Diego yesterday. Uh, seven innings, five hits, two runs. Struck out eight, only walked one. This is a guy that's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, the Padres wanted to uh, try to re-sign him. They lowballed the offer. Musgrove kind of laughed at it. He's going to be uh, 30 this year. And at the rate he's pitching, he's going to get paid. I mean, look, six starts this year. He's pitched to an ERA at 2.08. So uh, Joe Musgrove continues to pitch well. And the Padres now, with that victory at 19-10, and 10, they sit in second place in the National League West behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers win yesterday. They beat the Cubs 7-1. to it was Walker Buehler's 100th career start yesterday for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Seven innings, four hits, just one run. And then the bullpen kind of mops things up. Uh, boy, I tell you what, if you, tough time. You, uh, you know, I'm complaining about being a Red Sox fan and what they're going through. The, the Chicago Cubs are worse off than the Red Sox. The Cubs, nine and 18. And uh, they are just struggling. That was the sixth straight win for the Dodgers yesterday. Yeah, well, if you're the Cubs, they've lost 14 of the last 17. And they have managed just just three runs and 15 hits uh, while being swept by the Dodgers this past weekend. And now after leaving the Dodgers, they have to head to San Diego. They start uh, uh, a six-game road trip. Kyle Hendricks. Will get the start Monday night at San Diego. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, the young kid for the uh, Padres, who has a two and zero record and a one seven one ERA, will get the start uh, for the San Diego Padres in that one. So it's not going to get any easier for the Cubs. Uh, the Royals and the Orioles uh, split a doubleheader yesterday. Uh, Orioles staying ahead of the Boston Red Sox in the AL East. Kansas City struggling as well nine and sixteen. They are just uh, uh, about a game ahead of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, as they battle out for last in the AL Central. I'm getting ready to do a podcast on Wednesday night with my friends Paul Arnold and uh Eric Braun. And we were talking about this. This is going to be a this is going to be like a therapy session because uh Paul's from Michigan, he's a Tiger fan. Uh, Eric lives in Houston, but he gr- grew up as a Kansas City Royals fan. And the three of us uh <laughs> we Ten wins, nine wins, and eight wins, and we're all at the bottom of the standings. It's just going to be a, a We, we just might have to just all cry in our beer while we're doing the podcast on Wednesday night. Uh, the Astros win again. They shut out the Tigers 5 nothing. 11th Diaz with a grand slam. Jake Odorizzi, five innings of one-hit ball. And, uh, you know, we talked about this the last time Odorizzi pitched. Uh, he had a, a session with Justin Verlander, and Verlander gave him some tips. And ever since he had that conversation with Verlander, he has been lights out. So I don't know what Justin said to him, but whatever it is, uh, Odorizzi better bottle it. And, uh, you know, maybe Verlander's showing he's got a career as a a pitching coach when his time is up uh, because it seems like he has turned Odorizzi's season around. Uh, The Twins win again. Uh, Chris Paddock got the start. He wasn't very good, but the uh, the bats came alive. A two-run single by Jorge Polanco. Uh, and six and two thirds innings of shutout relief by the bullpen. They beat the A's four to three. The A's have now lost nine in a row. The Oakland Athletics are 10 and 18. I, so, I, you know, they've lost nine in a row, but I can't say a lot because their record is just about the same as the Red Sox. Uh, the other th- quick thing I wanted to get to uh, Eric Chavez thinks that uh, he's the hitting coach for the New York Mets. And it, it is his assertion that Major League Baseball is using different balls, more lively balls, on games that are nationally televised. And he, he backs this up by saying he had a couple of players come to him, saying to him, just before they were getting ready to play the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, and a few hitters came up. To Chavez and said, Look, watch the game tonight. Watch how the baseballs travel in this game tonight. I guarantee you the ball is going to be more lively than we've seen it all season. Now, Chavez, you know, said, He's like, Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, you guys are full of crap. Guess what? Game happened. Balls traveling farther. Uh, Balls that weren't hit as hard were going, you know, way farther than they should have. Um, He said, Look, it was an eye test, but he said, But then we lined it up with what the analytics were telling us, and it tells me that they are using different baseballs on national national televised games. I don't know whether it's true or not, but we do know this. We do know that Major League Baseball tinkered with the balls last year, that there were two distinct set of baseballs last year. So would it be a surprise to find out that they were juicing the baseballs for nationally televised games? Nope. I trust what that commissioner's office does about as far as I can throw a hippopotamus. So it would not shock me at all if indeed that was the truth. I hope it's not. I hate to even talk like that. But when guys are saying, hey, watch, I'm telling you this is the case, and then Eric Chavez, the hitting coach for the Mets, looks at it and says, yeah, it looks like it did happen, it would not surprise me. 46 minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Just a couple of minutes left. Uh, the Boston Bruins bounce back. Look, I had the Bruins buried. Uh, I got to admit, when they were down 2-0 after losing those first two in Carolina, and they didn't just lose them, they got embarrassed by uh, – uh, the Hurricanes in those first couple of games, I figured that this was toast. Well, they've come back and won two straight in Boston. They did it again yesterday. They beat them five to two. Carolina had leads in this game twice, but man, what a game by Brad Marchand! Uh, two goals and three assists, including an empty netter with 35 seconds left that put the finishing touches on it. But man. Uh, he, look, he he's one of those guys, Marshawn, that you love to have him if he's on your team, but man, do you hate him if he's if you're an opposing player or an opposing fan? Because look, you know we we know that uh, uh, he's very aggressive and has been suspended a few times, but he's talented. Two goals, three assists. David Pasternak with a goal for the Bruins as well. They win this one easily, five two. Uh, Look, the series shifts back now to Carolina on Tuesday. And the bottom line is that in order for the Bruins to win this series, they have to win a road game. And you sure as hell would rather it be game five than having to win a game seven on the road. You know, because if you go down there and you win game five, it shifts back to Boston for game six. And then... You know, you get game six in in, uh, in TD Garden, who knows? But I have to give the Bruins a lot of credit. I, they could have folded up their tents and gone home, and they didn't. And look, they had to do this without Lynn Holm, who got knocked out in game two. Uh, they lost Charlie McAvoy just before this game. They found out Sunday morning that he had tested positive for COVID, so he wasn't available. So the fact that they were uh, down, those guys, and still were in this game, and still won this game, remarkable. So got to give the Bruins a lot of credit for that one, uh, especially considering I had them buried. Um, and then finally in NASCAR yesterday, great finish to this one. You know, uh, Joey Logano, uh, the kid from Middletown, Connecticut, uh, put put the bumper to William Byron on the final lap, gets by him and wins the race at Darlington. Uh, Joey had not won in 40 straight And uh, he gets the win. He now qualifies uh, for the playoffs at the end of the season with that win. Uh, Look, earlier on, on a restart, it appeared that William Byron had squeezed Joey Logano into the wall. And it pissed Joey off. And Joey said, hey, you know, there's something to be said for an angry race car driver. And so he felt that Byron had done him wrong. And so when he had the opportunity uh, to get past Byron by bumping him he did it, got past. got the win. Uh, people were not happy. Of course, afterwards, you know, uh, Byron calling him a moron and an idiot and all this other stuff. But every NASCAR driver does that. Whenever somebody does something they don't like or they think that, you know, that wronged them, that's the first thing you do is you start calling the other guy an idiot. Uh, at the end of the day, here's the thing. With five laps to go, Joey Logano was trailing this race by a minute. Um, yeah, by a minute. Was it a minute? No, it was a second, you idiot. It was by a second, with five laps to go. Normally with a one-second lead with five laps to go on a, on a track like Darlington, you figure this one is over. He closed so quickly. There was something wrong with Byron's car. He was obviously loose. He even made you know mention of the fact that his car had gotten a little bit loose. So Joey Logano, in the span of about three laps, all of a sudden went from a second back to about two-tenths of a second back. So you knew he was going to have an opportunity to pass him. So there was something not right with Byron's car. And, you know, Joey got right up on him. I don't know that Joey necessarily was going to plan to hit him in the the rear end. But Byron had slowed up. And so Joey gave him, and it wasn't a tap. He hit him pretty good, I got to say. But at the end of the day, that's racing. It was a great finish to the race, and people can boo and say whatever they want. But he didn't do anything illegal. Uh, he felt that he it was payback, be that as it may. Joey has an, uh, a history of being an aggressive driver, but he's not a dirty driver. So, you know, say what you want, but there was something wrong with Byron's car. So at the end of the day, Joey was going to pass him one way or the other. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Got to, got to stand up for the Middletown kid. That's going to do it for us here this morning. No show tomorrow or Wednesday because I'm going to be in Atlanta watching the Red Sox play and hopefully watching the Red Sox win, although goodness knows. Um, I will be back on Thursday. We have some company coming in. Uh, Barb's cousin is coming in uh, with her husband for a few days. So looking forward to that. So I'm not sure about shows for early next week, but I'll keep you posted. Um, it is Billy Joel's birthday today. He's 73 years old. You know what that means? means I'm getting old. I remember back when I was in college, I was at uh, Franklin Pierce College up in uh, Ringe, New Hampshire, uh, and I was a uh, a junior, and Billy Joel played in Boston at the old Boston Garden. I went to see him play there, and uh, at the time, uh, that and Queen were the two best concerts that I had ever seen at the time. Uh, Queen's still probably up there at the top of the list with me along with uh, uh, – Shows by Bruce Springsteen and and a show I saw by Garth Brooks, but uh, Billy Joel puts on a hell of a show. Seventy three years old today, so in honor of that birthday, here is a live version of Piano Man. Have a great day. We'll see you on Thursday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.